Paradise Lost by John Milton. While we study this poem, it's important that we look at the poem as an individual piece of literature. It's great that many of you have a familiarity with the subject matter, but we are not going to study this poem from a religious standpoint. We're going to talk about it from a religious standpoint. We're going to discuss it from an ethical standpoint. But as far as a belief system that you have personally, you can reflect upon it, but ultimately for what we're going to try to do with this poem in class over the next couple of days is look at it as a piece of literature. The characters' names that you are familiar with potentially in a religious manner, we need to look at them as characters in a poem that exists only in that poem. If you can eliminate some of your preconceived notions about this subject matter, it'll allow you a little bit more of a sense of open-mindedness to the story being told. Every time I teach this poem, there is a lot of back and forth regarding just sort of people feeling very comfortable with the poem without really reading it. Very much, I got this, I understand this, I'm familiar with this. So if we go back and we really analyze it as just a piece of fiction, John Milton's Paradise Lost being a poem that has a subject matter that people are familiar with, but we need to analyze the actual text without the religious connotation the best we can. And while we know that's going to be difficult, I think it's a good base to have. We're going to talk a lot over the course of our study of just book one. Remember, we're only going to do book one. We're just going over a very small section of this poem. And while we will go over sort of the big picture of where the poem goes, our close reading is going to be focused on book one. As we analyze book one, I want us to consider a couple things. What is the nature of good and evil? In the poem, God exists in a world that does not, in theory, have an evil presence at the start of it. But as Milton portrays early on, with the summary, basically, of Satan and his other angels being kicked out of heaven... We have to understand that they get kicked out of heaven for going against God. And as we look at God, the character, the clash between Satan, the character, and God, the character, Satan felt like he needed more power. He felt like he was the one that should be in control. And while this is the premise of this text, and the ramifications that it has on the human existence within the poem, we have to understand that there is an element of greed, of jealousy, of envy that is present in a world with, up until this point, we're not really sure if the ideas of good and evil exist. It's hard for us sometimes to conceptualize what this world looks like. 
God being present. The angels getting upset, feeling like they were the ones who should be in control. Going to war against God, losing the creation of heaven and hell takes place once the divide in the aftermath of the war. We have a nice description in the section that we looked at in class of hell. The lake of fire and all that exists. And I, I, we're going to talk more in-depthly in class. This is just an overview for you to review at, at home or if you missed class. So with the creation of this divide, does this for us, do we look at this as the creation of good and evil or is this taking two things that already existed in some capacity and applying a label? We then know, as the story has been told, we understand this, that the centerpiece of this entire poem is going to be the fall of Adam and Eve, the fall of man. And we know that ultimately it is the serpent that gets Eve to eat from the tree of knowledge and she gets Adam to do the same. And in so, the creation of death. This all is told to us very quickly in the opening of book one. Milton is not wasting any time on making sure that we have a quick refresher of a biblical story that most people are familiar with. And if you're not, that's okay too. But just because we're familiar with it doesn't mean that we should gloss over it or take it for granted. Because the characters themselves exist as characters and not in the biblical sense, in the sense that they are characters in this poem. As we analyze good and evil, and this is where our essay is going to be focused on, how good and evil is portrayed both in the text from the variety of characters, but also how we feel about it. We talked a lot about belief in our first discussion. This idea that the difference between a belief, does a belief need to be tested or can you believe in something that ultimately goes unquestioned, unchallenged? Do you need to believe in something in that way? What we're seeing here is a, at the heart of this text, while it's a retelling of something we are, for the most part, have some idea of the details of it, from a storytelling aspect, what this is digging into and trying to expand upon is what's at stake. What is human life exactly in the scope of good and evil? Are humans better off being tested and challenged than merely going through their existence in this, it, during the time period before the fall forever with no ends and no true beginning are we to look at that and say that is the most ideal version? Is that how people think of heaven? Or are we to think of the Garden of Eden as heaven? 
So as we analyze this poem, it's easy for us to kind of fall back and relate it to what we are familiar with. But make sure we're not getting too far away from the fact that the opening lines of this entire poem focuses on the idea of disobedience. And that death is created through disobedience. And that death is seen as a punishment and not just another step or stage of existence. The angels themselves who fight God, we need to look at them as individual characters. And as we explore this, we must see where humans fall and why it's important that Satan feels the need to try to alter what human existence is. At the heart of it, their relationship with God himself. We're only going to be dealing with book one, so we're not going to go beyond that, even though this poem is incredibly rich and we could spend the entire semester on it. And starting off this portion of the course just with Paradise Lost and just with this first book, I want us to try to take our time to understand the premise so that we can build upon it as we move through not just our study of British literature, but our study of truly what is right and wrong over the course of the next couple texts. Thank you.